This is Proper Bard, where, in under 15 minutes, one poet reads two poems and talks about the journey to create them. I realised fairly soon after my appearance at the Poetry Society in February that this was really something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So how would that happen? How would I facilitate my own progress into poetry when I knew very little about the industry and very few people? What I needed was some kind of entry point and fortunately for me, one had already appeared. I'd seen at the beginning of 2019 a project called Places of Poetry. It was a community arts project which was based around a digital map created by the Ordnance Survey, who are the people who are the de facto map makers in the UK, and two academics, Andrew McRae, who was at the University of Exeter, and Paul Farley, who was at the University of Lancaster. Between them, they had produced a digital map of England and Wales. I don't know why they ignored Scotland. On that map, you could pin, literally, electronically, a piece of work to a map location. And I'd seen this and thought, you know what, that's a brilliant idea. That's absolutely brilliant. I would be dumb not to write a poem about where I live. Except one poem at the end wasn't really enough. And I ended up doing 24. Because um, Southend, where I live, and I've lived for three decades now, is a big borough. There are lots of places to go and there are lots of things to see. And I decided what I would do was make this a massive project. And I booked a month of my time to go into the town and explore places that I'd not seen before and visit places that I'd wanted to visit but never actually had the chance to do. And then it kind of became this enormous thing that took over everything that I did and had a life of its own. And this is often the way I think it happens when you know you've found something that's a really good idea. To do it properly, you need to absolutely immerse yourself within it. The first poem is about the road that I use pretty much every day that runs literally just around the corner from outside our house. It's the main arterial road between London and the coast. And if you come to Southend, it's the road you'll travel on. This is the A127, road to everywhere. This is the road, bisects borough, Checking speed, progress left, way, fair, right. Three lanes become a pain. Reducing to mini diorama, footbridge drama. This is cars code. London's hauling, speed adherence. Cameras flashing, Tesco's extra, laden avoidance. Airport's runway, roundabout drama. Don't slow down, front wings gone. This is the load, fresh recycling, hay bales wobbling, green foil racer, ambulance hastens, make a space, could be you one day, urban clearway, exhausted pace, their daily race. This is my life, there and back, eaten, tracked, Google mapped, school, supermarket, fast move, slow packed. Instance record, others' lives observed, remembered more than mine. This line, constant. Park.
I spent the whole of May and a fair portion of June in 2019 travelling around a town that I realised I didn't actually know very well. We have a jazz centre, part of the local library, which is run by a jazz legend called Digby Fairweather, which I didn't even know existed and spent a very happy two days taking photographs and talking to the staff there. I visited a number of our significant monuments. However, the things that I got the most joy out of were the places where I realised that I was doing the right thing, that this was exactly what I wanted to be doing with my life, that poetry was exactly the right path. I was very lucky when the advertising and the promotion for this project was going on during May and June 2019 to be asked to go onto national radio and read what was my favourite poem. And we won't have that in this particular podcast. I'll use that in the next one. It made me realise that I had the potential to create things out of nothing. Sometimes it is not about expecting other people to publish you or expecting other people to notice your worth. Very often, the greatest pleasure and the most significance you will get professionally and personally is when you are the one driving the engine, when you are the one creating the things and it is people that come to you, not you having to go to them. And I'd never really grasped that before and this whole project gave me the opportunity to become something more than I had been. The photographs that I've taken, which I used, uh, will link in the podcast to the website that I've created, are a snapshot of a time before COVID. When I look at them now and I look at what I did and I look at the situations I found myself within and I look at that moment, there was no idea of what was coming, no grasp at all that this was a glorious summer that I would not experience again for some time. And it makes you realise, it makes you wonder how things change and how you are the arbiter of your own forward motion sometimes and how significant it is that you don't realise what's coming, that you just are in that moment and you make the most of everything that you have because if I'd had any idea of what was coming... I think this would have been a very, very different project. It was liberating. It was freeing. It gave me what I needed to take the next step forward in my professional career. And, it, you know, there was no indicator that anything would come in terms of publishing. That wasn't why I was doing it. I was doing it because there was no judgment on who was allowed to take part. And I think this is the most crucial part of this whole project. You didn't have to fulfil an entry criteria. You didn't have to go through a sift. You didn't have people reading or deciding that your work was or wasn't what they thought was important. The real joy of this project was everybody could take part, regardless of their ability, regardless of their poetic stance in the world. Everybody got a chance. Everybody had their moment in the sun. And it was a very sunny couple of months. There's some beautiful pictures of blue skies and brilliant backgrounds. Honestly, truthfully, I am so, so grateful for this time and the opportunities that it gave me. The second poem is based on a song by a gentleman called Billy Bragg, who may be alien to some of you, but to me was a significant part of my teenage years and growing up. He is a political activist, he's a singer-songwriter, he's a local lad, he's an Essex boy, and he's a thoroughly decent bloke. And he did an ape of Route 66, very famous song, about the A13, which is the other main 
trunk road in and out of the town. It occurred to me that I would be remiss if I did not ape his ape. And this poem is significant because this poem ended up being published. There was no indication at the time when I was doing this that there would be a book, but a book appeared and I was asked to submit. And this was the poem that the poets, that Paul and Andrew picked as the one that they liked the most out of the ones that I'd done. This is A13, Trunk Road of the Free. Humble brag, inspired verse except I cannot play guitar. Barking road exhales, evolves, reduction, two becomes one lane. Marking Hadley's ending point, castle ruined, heavy night. Tudor observance awards, creative storm, restaurants, bars, car dealerships sold, sharp decline. Lead artery pumps life instead into construction, geezer pads, flat whites, brown magnolia, balcony view, old traffic jams, traffic lights, new building site. Full start, dead end, avoid class cliches if you can, but this is Essex. Only way, embrace crass, brassy overkill, Lee's hipster beard, wax legs, chin strapped, South Church base honestly intact, connected lines across your app, old people might still need a map. My perfect home, Borough scored three decades plus this life, aboard, redeemed, small steps, fears end, Reward. That was Proper Bard, written, performed and produced by the Internet of Words. Thank you for your time and attention.